Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. You know the deal. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Always helps us out. Always much appreciated. You can find us on YouTube as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Again, it's always appreciated. Today, I'm joined by the Team 980's Kevin Sheehan. Also has the Kevin Sheehan podcast that you should check out. We discuss two topics. The offensive coordinator search will go over a lot of the, the issues or questions or pros and cons of hiring several of these guys who have interviewed. Then we also talk about the ownership situation, trying to make sense of what's going on, what could happen, what might happen, when it might happen, will it happen, all that stuff. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to get to there in one minute. And we do talk about some of the updated interview process. They talked to Greg Roman on Tuesday. As of this taping, they're still trying to line up the interview with Eric Bieniemy. But one thing that helps Washington is that Baltimore is out. They hired Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator, so that certainly gives them an advantage if they're trying to get to get to get Bieniemy. Because I don't know what his other options are going to be. So stay tuned for that. And by the time you hear this, we probably will already know when that interview will take place. It's, there's a good chance that this whole process could be wrapped up by the end of this week. And we all do a lot of this for that. And I did the sign of the cross because I think kind of like to just know who they are instead of speculating on who it might be. Let's speculate finally about who this person is and what they might do here and how it impacts the offense and several of the uh, players involved. As far as, and I, like I said, I'm with the enemy, we get into the enemy. And, and one thing I will stress on that, like, I do think he's a, obviously he's a very good candidate and I have a lot of, I think I'm intrigued by him, just like I'm intrigued by Sam Howell. I think there's a lot, there's more mystery to what the enemy could do because he doesn't have the same track record as some of these other guys. And so I think that can be very good. And I think it's intriguing. It could also be like, Hey, we don't know what he's going to do. And this is, you got one year to really prove yourself. So, you know, that's a, that could be a tough situation for him, for the team, but the ceiling could be higher. Just don't know. I do know, and we talk about this in there, that the rep, he has a reputation of being very hard on his players. That's fine. I think if you have guys, not, not just about who can take it, I will say, I think two things. One, I think you could use some of that oomph in the offensive room on the offensive side of the ball and just some more energy, not just from the yelling and all that, but from the faith in the game plan that creates its own energy. When you believe in what this guy's putting in, you you practice and play it a little bit differently. So I think that if he can bring that, that'd be great for, for them. And I think, but the other part is, 
I don't think this is necessarily a group that needs to have a kick in the fanny, so to speak. You have a lot of, of really good pros on that side of the ball. The biggest issue with this offense has been a couple of things. You need to get consistent play from the quarterback position and you need a better offensive line. And I think they're going to address the line and we'll see what Howell does to see if he can be that kind of guy. And as someone else over at, at with, the, with the team told me the other day, listen, all whoever comes in really has to do is be better with the red zone offense because that was the number one issue that this team had last season. So a lot of the things that they can improve with the line, with the quarterback play, et cetera, can lead to better red zone success. And there you go. So um, for some reason, I just want to tell you all that. that. That's all I really have as far as the offensive coordinator stuff goes. And so let's get to my conversation with the team 980s, Kevin Sheehan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Kevin, I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I think one thing we have a good idea on and one thing I don't think we have a great handle on, which is the ownership situation. Get to that in a minute. You had an interesting interview with um, Josh um, Cosman, right? Is that a yeah. From the New York Post the other day on your podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. I think that was on, was, was that last week that you talked Friday. to Friday. Friday. Yeah, okay. So it was the 10th, I think it was. So yeah, go back and listen to it because I thought he was pretty insightful about this whole situation. But let's start with the offensive coordinator and get stay on the field for right now. So as, as we record this, the Ravens have hired Todd Munkin to be their OC. That means if they want Eric Bieniemy here, then I don't know what other I don't know what his choices will be. But how do you assess like what the 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 coaches that they've been interviewing? For that position, and again today they're talking to Greg Roman. How do you assess this search so far? You know what I was thinking about, John. Imagine he comes here after the parade, interviews, and doesn't get offered the yeah. job. I mean, I'm talking about for Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, this yeah. is a guy who has had more interviews than anybody in the last four to five years, and has not yet gotten an offer. Right. And now you know he's been reduced to looking for offensive coordinator jobs, lateral moves. Now, for him, it may make sense because he'll be given the reins of an offense right. and he'll be out from underneath the shadow of Andy Reid. But what if he comes here and doesn't get the gig? Because I do think that it's really, I mean, you have to ask yourself, there are red flags around Eric Bieniemy. Right. There just are, mm -hmm. you know, because, in, in, and it's not all, race related or black head coach a lot of the places he's interviewed eventually those teams hired black head coaches something's not right there you know and I don't know if it's that well he never really had the responsibility under Andy Reid 
or he doesn't interview well or some of the other things. But if he comes here and doesn't get offered the job, by the way, you know, he's not under contract in Kansas City Correct. anymore. Right. And Matt Nagy's on that staff. Correct. And I think he's going to get elevated to OC. Correct. And, and Andy Reid was talking him up in such a big way after the Super Bowl. Like he really wants Biennemi to get a gig. I'm sure it's heartfelt. I understand that. But what if he doesn't get a gig? Does Kansas City hire him back? I, mean, I don't I know. The, I don't know. The and whole I think it's interesting. Right. So, I mean, he, yeah. he may be a, he may be one of these guys that just doesn't interview well. But if you give him the gig, he's going to prove how great he is. And you know, we don't know. Saying, right. We don't know. Right. But and I do. Um, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I thought your report about Roman was interesting because right from the moment um, we heard the soliloquy from Mayhew and Rivera about two to one, you know, run to pass ratio. And oh, <laughs> this is our philosophy. This is who we've always been. This is who we want to be. Yeah. Except that, you know, you drafted a wide receiver and you tried to draft, you know, trade for Matt Stafford and Russell Wilson and desperation called for a trade for Carson Wentz, whatever. Um, I said that day, you know what? If this is who you really want to be, go hire Greg Roman, draft Anthony Richardson, and turn yourself into the Baltimore Ravens, except with more talent at wide receiver. Go do that. If that's really what you want to be, go do that. The Roman thing's interesting. Why do you think he hadn't interviewed or been hired? Was he just waiting for a head coaching position he, that now doesn't exist right i think he was waiting to see where things would go because i know they reached out to him early on in this early on after he was free just to inquire like the possibility of it and i think some of it was just not sure of the interest at that time certainly circled back and now had the interest because they, they actually are talking to him and you know he also has experience with young quarterbacks he worked with kaepernick out in san francisco right i think that matters to them and I would be curious to see with the Biennemi thing, because the interview stuff is something I've always heard. We also know like Logan Paulson talked about this because he was at UCLA when Biennemi was a coach there and just, and other guys have talked about this, how hard he is as a coach on players. And when you're dealing with adults, they don't always want to be treated a certain way. And people can say, well, you're in the end, you suck it up, whatever. But in the NFL, these guys want to be treated, you know, like you're an adult. And so that it, it can be different for some players. Is that part of the issue? I don't, you know, and it, I'll be honest, Kevin, that may be something they need on this offense. And so, like, yeah. but I do, I do wonder with that. Um, I also think that Shermer is going to be very interesting here because if they decided not to go with the enemy um, and then, and not Roman, then I think Shermer is, would be the guy that I would, I, just handicapping it. You think more so than Zampezi? Yes. Yeah, I do. Because I think a lot of what they look at with, with Shermer would be when he was in Minnesota, he followed a North Turner offense. So he's had that transition already, understanding how to take one offense and apply it over yeah, here. Yeah, good, good he, point. He's he's worked, you know, I think the Case Keenum year in Minnesota factors into this discussion and 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 as far as like if they went in that direction i think that's something you'll hear like the success he had there he had some success with nick Foles. i think Foles's best season the 27 and 2 was with Shermer. so like i think that you know that could be why they go in that direction if that if the enemy doesn't work out i think there's a definite 
certainly more than an intrigue with Bienemy because of the offense he was in and, and the Andy Reid connection. Um, but it's interesting because Harbaugh has that same connection with Andy Reid, and they decided to go with Munkin. You know, um, two things. One, you mentioned Case Keenum. He was here. Yeah. I know he wasn't necessarily the favorite for all of you on the beat. No. I don't know if I'm talking out of school, no. but he played for yeah. Pat Shermer in Minnesota and he's a free agent and they want, you know, a, a veteran quarterback potentially at 3 million bucks a year or whatever at a low price tag to come in here and be the, you know, the, the mentor for Sam Howell or potentially start if Sam Howell right. can't do it. The other thing I was thinking about too today is that, you know, I don't know what the relationship is with Alex Smith anymore with anybody in the organization, but Alex Smith would be a great guy to talk to about Eric B and right. Greg Roman, right. you know, right. he played for Roman in San Francisco. He played for B in, in Kansas city. Um, I'm not, they have plenty of people they can right. talk to, but, but, but that this is, staff yeah. in particular had a quarterback that played for both of those guys. That's interesting about Shermer. I mean, I figured it's Shermer or Zampezi, but I just, you know, I had Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator at Carolina, who coached Sam Howell. Right. And Longo really likes Zampezi and mm -hmm. said that the relationship that Sam had with Zampezi, he implied that that's a very comfortable situation for Sam. I think that, and I think one thing that I know they really would like is to ease the transition yeah. to something else for how. So if that includes, I don't think it doesn't necessarily include just keeping the same offense just to do that. But I think they want to keep some level of um, consistency with him. And it would be Zampezi, you know, certainly would be a guy that would factor into that. And right. I don't, but I would, I think again, this is just a think and trying to analyze and, and all that. But I do think Shermer would be a guy because he's had, again, multiple, you know, he's had success with different kind of quarterbacks Different yeah. levels of quarterbacks. He's worked with young quarterbacks. And, you know, but it's funny though, Kevin, because when I talk to people around other people outside of here, it's kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, but, but like with the enemy, you, cause you, with the enemy, you don't know, like one of the things there, Andy Reid is so detailed with everything. Now, my understanding is the enemy had a big say in the game planning. Yeah. He does have the title. So he does have a big say in all that. How much of what happened in in Sunday's game was an impact on his? But how much is being in the room with a coach like that and seeing the details like that? How much does it rub off on somebody else? You know, that's I the think, stuff. I think also one of the interesting things, because we're, you know, having all these conversations in the midst of, you know, a potential sale. And so there's a big, you know, question mark about this franchise right now. If I'm a you know, prospect as an offensive coordinator, I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing oh, me. Yes. I mean, I, I got to know that Ron is going to be here, not just in 2020, I'm, I'm not just beyond 2023, hopefully, but in 2023, you know, I, I don't, I think the odds are long that he would get fired at the end of March if new ownership comes in, but it's not completely off the table that they could come in end of March and clean house. You know, that's still a possibility. We know this. Some of these guys were talking to Sean Payton. Right. You know, and it wouldn't have happened until the end of March. So they were thinking about cleaning house at the end of March to begin with. I don't know who else is out there at this point. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, if you don't have any other places that are more stable 
and you're looking for a one year prove it with Hal and then all of a sudden the enemy becomes a legitimate head coaching candidate because in one year he turned Sam Hal into a really good looking quarterback and a good offensive team. Um, but really the interviewing is going to be mutual. It's going to go both yeah, ways it has to. in this it process. Has to. Now, having said that, like a lot of these guys, what what are their alternatives? What are their options? Of course. So, and I think, you know, I do think that with – you also know how coaches always think that they're the solution to whatever the situation is. Um, right. we've, I've learned that over the years. They always think, well, I can get this. But if you're the enemy, you can come here and you say, listen, you can – you really can only look – better coming here for him if the offense struggles like well what do you expect it was you know fifth round quarterback it was it those there's no offensive line it was coaches last year if it works you will look really good and i do think like the other key is i think it's hard not to like their skill talent and it's also it'll depend on his how much he likes sam howell and and i don't know you hear things how much he right. likes it, but i don't know what he really thinks of them but I think some of that will depend. And I know how much they like Sam Howell. So, and what they think they can do, but it is, I think if he have an option, I think the ownership is an absolute factor, but if you're Shermer, you want to just get back in, if you're bien and like, you don't know if you're going to be back in Kansas city, because yeah. like you said, contract is up. And this is a chance to put your full imprint onto right. a situation. I, but how, how would, you know, the fans of this team feel if, if it's true, we're, 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 you know, obviously guessing here that the enemy only has Washington as an option. We don't know. I mean, but imagine oh, yeah. like yeah. the only option it's possible. The only option he has is Washington because Kansas city might want him back and take him back, but not as an OC. Yeah. That's, you know, I don't know that, don't know. but it's, he's not under contract and it no. looks like Andy Reed is really pushing him to get that opportunity and maybe it's self-serving too from his standpoint P possibly and i don't know and i do know that um with the enemy again the the connection there but also the the hard charging hard coaching style i don't like i said i don't think it's such a bad thing to have here for a few years i don't yeah. know how much guys would put up with it after a while they didn't love know. it with sam mills on defense yeah well there were other issues with him too i know that was also some taking accountability and things like that. But yeah, that, that was, so that, but, but I, so I wonder that with him and we don't know, like the enemy could be a really, really good offense quarterback. Yeah, I don't could know. Be. And I think that's right. part of the appeal for the fan base, as opposed to a Shermer or someone else where there's a track record, you know, like Zampezi had that role for two years in Cincinnati, but was fired two games after a set into his second year. You know, right. um, Roman was fired in Buffalo with, from by Rex Ryan, but he had success here and here. But then he's criticized in Baltimore because they did the pass game not develop because of his scheme, or was it? Did he feel limited by other? You know, but whether it's whether he felt limited by Lamar or the lack of receiver talent, what was it? So there's like some of the the other ones have more knowns to them than enemy does, right? So, you know, and that's, but what, what's, do you care like what style they go to? Do you care? Like, you know, how would you, how would you view this job? Take away the ownership. How would you looking at this offense? How would you view this job? Well, I mean, you don't have a quarterback right now. I mean, you might have a quarterback, but we really, nobody knows about Sam Howell. I mean, nobody, I don't think they know. Um, they weren't going to play him in the season finale against the Cowboys. But they weren't going to want to start know. him. They were going to play him. 
Yeah, they were going to play him, but they weren't going to start. Not going to start. It was the most obvious Correct. opportunity in a in a right. preseason format to say we love this guy because they've talked about him recently as if they've loved him all year, and they should have been itching to give him that opportunity to start a game, right. but they they weren't. But whatever. We don't know what we have in Sam Howell. And so the most important thing is, what do you have at quarterback? And then, you know, what? The, depending on what kind of quarterback you have, you sort of build a system around that and, you know, and, and have a coordinator that can take the talent he has and, and be and have the ability to adapt. I mean, that's what the greatest run in the history of this franchise was a head coach that adapted to the talent that he had on his roster. And every year it was something different, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, 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 how much do I care? I, 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 I think that for the most part, John, this group's got to go now. Like I've kind of come to that conclusion that this group in the group to find the quarterback, to coach the quarterback, to win enough games, to compete with the, the teams in their division, the teams in their conference. Um, last year was disappointing. Some of this offseason has been a little bit annoying. Um, I, I think, you know, this time next year, you and I are going to be sitting here having a conversation about a whole new staff and a whole new group of people in the organization under a new owner. So whatever happens in 23, I think it's going to be very interim because I don't see them changing a lot of minds with what they have now with a 13 and four season and a deep run into the postseason. That doesn't seem very likely. Right. And that's what I say. It would, it's going to take and we don't know. Again, it depends on who the owner is, but a new owner always brings their own people in. And yeah. when, you, when you do that, you're going to look at everything as like, is it going the right direction? This is year four. So you better, you know, and again, off the top of your head, and it's hard to know without without knowing who the owner is, what would it take to to say, oh, OK, this is going all right. Let's just stay the course. What I just described, you know, 12, 13 wins and a couple of playoff wins. I mean, you know, when Dan bought the team, you know, he got rid of Charlie and brought in Vinny, kept Norv. Norv won the division in 99. They won a playoff game. It's the closest to the NFC Championship we've been since Snyder took over. There's a 14-13 to divisional loss at Tampa Bay with the yeah. Turk brothers, you know, with the, you know, the, yeah. the snap and the hold yeah. and the whole thing on the last attempt by Conway, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh and he kept North for 2000, fired him at the end of that year, but he came back with North. So North did enough in that first year for the new owner to say, you know, let me get you an all-star lineup, Deion Sanders, Bruce Smith, et cetera, Jeff George, and let's run it back. So, you know, uh, he's got to win. They got to be in the playoffs. They got to win a game or two for the, I would think, if not, they're going to clean house. I would think. And it's the fourth year. It's not the second year of his tenure. And that's why it's interesting going with Howell as opposed to right. you know, the quarterback because you don't know. But I think the idea certainly is, can you are you better off with Howell or a guy like Derek Carr? Or if you get Carr, you can't build up your own line as much. You can't spend over here. They're not going to get Carr. And Carr's yeah. no, not They're not, not going after him. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah. There's no Carr's going to have his choice. Right. And by, my, my only point is going for a, a level like that, like they yeah. did last year, which they're not going to do this year. But it is um, possible, right, John, that it ends up being a Jacoby Brissett or an Andy Dalton yeah, or yeah, Case Keenum absolutely. or Teddy yeah. Bridgewater, and that quarterback is yeah. just better. 
and ready to actually lead an NFL offense at a higher level than what we've seen around here for a few years. And with that defense and building up maybe the offensive line and with a big-time running back in his second year and another one in his fourth year at this point with the young receivers, that they could go out in that division, tough division, win nine games and be a wild-card team. You know, Ron could be looking at it from that standpoint. Maybe the biggest acquisition they make is that veteran quarterback at three to four million a year. (laughs) If they don't completely buy into Sam Howell as much as they've been saying, maybe Sam's the guy, but I would bet that they have reservations too, as to whether or not he's completely the answer. Like they're not a hundred percent bought in yet. Well, and I think that's why they want to get a veteran quarterback and say that he has to earn the job. But I, you know, I also know like they, even before the draft last year, I've said this on here a few times, but even before the draft last year, I heard how much some of those, some people liked him. And so like, I know their, their like of him was, was legit. And, but there, but there's a difference between really liking a guy and saying he's ready to now go lead a playoff team. And we don't know. I think like, that's why they're going to have to bring in a veteran quarterback, not to, again, not to a Derek Carr level, but to the guys you said, and Taylor Heineke would be in that mix because he's in that kind of that ballpark. He also would play for Shermer. You have Nick Foles who has played for, I think, Shermer and Biennemi. Now he's not a free agent though. He's still, he's still with the Colts, but if he somehow becomes free, I don't know, you know, then you'd look at a guy like that too, just because yeah. he experienced in the offense. But I don't know. There's, there's ways to go. The first thing. It's that's also I- just this group, right. In terms of just, okay, great. They like them. What does that mean? I mean, right. You know, they 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 liked Carson Wentz. They liked Kyle Allen. They liked, you know, or d- d- thought they were good enough in year one not to consider Tua or Herbert seriously. Now, Ron told me on the air, actually, I'm pretty sure he told me on the air, that Tua was off their board because of the hip injury, yeah. but that they didn't really love Herbert. They liked Chase Young a lot more. So they haven't been real good at the quarterback, you know, identification um, uh, you know, in selection to begin with. So they may like Hal, but the rest of the league passed until the fifth round on Hal. And there were a lot of teams that needed quarterbacks. Right. And and I did talk to some teams because I asked some people about him and the other teams are some that liked him, but maybe in that, you know, they felt like he was really good value in the fifth. But yeah. you're right. Like, you know, some of them took other quarterbacks early in the draft that of teams that I talked to. So, but I do know that they like him. I'm intrigued by him. I don't know about I you. I am too. Yeah, I am too. I, I'm, I'm definitely, but but you can't, the one thing, and it's funny because, and I've told some people this, the one thing this fan base should know after three decades of looking for that position, it's not solved until it is. And so like, we don't know, we thought Robert was going to be here for 10 years at a high playing at a high level. And he wasn't, we thought, you know, this guy might, this guy might, that guy might. And so I think it's like, you can be a tr- intrigued by him, but I don't know where it's going to go, but I do like what he offers. And then we'll go from there. So yeah, that's about well, the best thing. They they did have, and your your listeners and my listeners hate when I bring this up. They did have one guy that could have been here for ten years, <laughs> um, but they screwed that one up. Yeah, and that was and that of course was a different regime, and they messed it up from yeah. you know the first offer. But right. yeah, that's a that's a that's a whole nother that's that'd be a whole nother thirty or forty yeah. minutes. Yeah, I, I, I you're right. We're not. I mean, they need to just keep swinging. Sam yeah. Howell was a swing fifth round. Yeah. I personally would continue to be aggressive 
at the very least in the draft, because I don't think they're going to go after Derek Carr or Rodgers no. if he's available. I don't think they have the ability to do that no, right now they with don't the want ownership, to, yeah. you know, thing going on. But they, sh- if they like a quarterback in the draft, they should absolutely draft one, even at 16. If they like one, if they love Anthony Richardson and he's sitting there at 13 and they're afraid somebody's going to pick him, they should consider trading up. They should have, pretend, you know, a few years ago, I know they thought about a potential trade up for somebody, maybe Justin Fields. Fields. They Fields. should have done it. You know, they should, they need to keep until they get one. They have to keep trying right. and trying big. It's the one area in which I would not criticize them. They haven't picked correctly. But they wanted Matt Stafford and made a serious offer to Detroit for Matt Stafford. They made a serious offer to Seattle for Russell Wilson. It would have backfired, perhaps, as it did in Denver. Who knows? But I don't. I, I certainly. I I give them kudos for swinging big the last two off seasons yeah. for a position that they desperately have needed, you know, an answer to, and they haven't had since 2017. Right, and they also because they also inquired about. Basically, they even called about Andrew Luck, for God's sake, last year. So yeah. they, they called about Kirk Cousins. They called about Kyler Murray. All those right. guys. Anybody who they thought might be free or somehow come free, they called on. So they were very aggressive. And that's why, like, this year it's the opposite. But it's now it's like, hey, build up around there, which is I'm fine with that, you know, and we'll see. And like I said, I do like Howell, and I'm intrigued by where he can go. I think the question is, how when does he get there? And and then you're, you 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 might be pairing a new coordinator with a new quarterback you know, yeah. with, the, with the second year quarterback. Right. There's a there's a natural transition for both, and so like there and it's okay if that works out, but there's a natural transition. So we'll see. But speaking of owners, because I did want to have you on to talk a little bit about that, because you had Josh on the other day, and I'm curious. Like it was an interesting conversation. I'm curious what you came away um, in terms of how you're thinking about this after that conversation. Well, number one, I mean, I guess at the end of all of this, we'll find out who really had great sources and great information, even though, to be fair, and you know this, it's not always fair to do that because at the time they may have been right, you know, when they reported something and then things changed. I think what he provided was some new information. Number one is that the sales price is much lower than everybody's been talking about. Um, number two is there's a very short list of actual real bidders now. Right. Now, Bezos is hanging out there, but it's Josh Harris, the guy that owns the 76ers, owns the Devils, Apollo Management, local guy from Chevy Chase, went to the field school, um, you know, on Foxhall Road or wherever that is. And um, uh, and he has a serious interest. Now, you know, does he have the liquidity? No, but he's got assets like the 76ers. He paid $280 million for the Sixers in 2011, and the Suns just sold for $4 billion. So he could potentially become very liquid and have the ability to do it. Um, so the dwindling, dwindling list of bidders, the reasons that it dwindled, I thought were interesting. You know, they looked at the prospectus and essentially said, yeah, no, no, you're not worth that. Because I've got to then buy, a, I got to invest in a stadium, billions of dollars. I have a team that's lost two-thirds of its fan base. I'm basically not acquiring the Redskins. I'm acquiring something that looks more like a startup, like an expansion team. That's the difference between Denver and Washington. This market's more lucrative and has a much higher upside because of its wealth and the demographics and the federal government. But Denver had a stadium and they have a fan base. 
Washington has the lowest season ticket base in the league by miles, lowest percentage of capacity sold, some of the lowest local television ratings of any NFL team, and a profit um, margin that has shrunk by 26% over the last five years. So these guys are looking at it saying, yeah, I mean, I'm interested, but it's you're not worth much more than Denver's worth. You know, and I think that was a surprise to me. Now, if Bezos comes in and says, I'll give you $6 billion, maybe he takes it. Um, I do think he's going to sell the team, John. I think you feel the same thing because yeah. he kind of has to. And I think there are a lot of reasons financially. They, you know, he's got debt. He's got the a debt, stadium that he can't afford. Deal. There are personal reasons. I think the family, you know, really wants him to move on. And clearly every owner in the league is saying, this market's not viable with you in it. You know, you got to go. You have to sell the team. So, and, and, um, and I, yeah, I think you're right. But I think what I learned was price much lower than people thought. Dwindling list of bidders because of all of the things that I just mentioned. And that Bezos really, he said the owners would love to have Bezos. The question is, would Dan sell to Bezos? Right. Because, you know, That's he blames question. the post. They blame the post, you know, at least somewhat for the predicament that they're in. And I just wonder with the Bezos factor, because the other factor for Bezos is Seattle. And if you buy, yeah. if he wants to wait and buy Seattle, right. you have your stadium. And it's funny because I was talking to and somebody. And you have your fan base. Right. But I was talking to somebody about the stadium aspect, somebody who knows this stuff very well, analyzes it, blah, blah, blah. And I asked him about the stadium factor. And he's like, it can work pro and con because it can work like, hey, you, you don't have to pay for it. But if you can buy it, now you can make it your own and you can build it the way you want. You can create what you want. And if they can create their little city with the stadium and all that, then you get the benefits of that. So, right. you know, and so like, I, but I think with Bezos, the, the feeling was, first of all, would he do it? I don't know that anybody really knows for sure. Um, but what I also know is his side hasn't come out and said he's not interested. So like that keeps it alive. But would he wait till the end and say, okay, you want to get six billion? Here it is. Nobody else is going there. I just went there. Would that get right. it done? And I think the other factor, the other thing, Kevin, that I know people are afraid of is what if he doesn't sell or only wants to sell a limited partnership? That like, do you have concerns about that? I mean, I I, you know, like we said on the quarterback, we're not gonna know until you know. Right. You know, I'm I'm not gonna believe it until the, they're closing and the money clears. It's wired into the account of the Snyders and it's official. I I feel strongly that he is because there's so many reasons to think that he is. Right. Including, by the way, their behavior towards the end of the year, him not showing up for games, not Correct. showing up for Sonny's retirement jersey ceremony, all of that. Um, you know, the the UK filing about usual residents, that whole thing. Um, but uh, people internally do ex still expect them to sell. Yeah. But I, you know, you and I both hear so many different things from so many different people. I think, you know, he's definitely proven to be very impulsive. He doesn't um, want to look like a chump when he sells the team. If it sells for a lot less than right. people thought that worries me a little bit. It also continues to concern me that all of these things are hanging out there and we don't know what they'll produce. The Mary Jo White investigation, all of these lawsuits, these criminal things. My my position from the jump has been put all those things on hold until he sold the team. You know, then 
all that stuff, whatever is in there can come out. But don't anger him and back him into a corner. He right. felt almost exonerated by the House Oversight Reform Committee's final conclusion. It's possible he could feel vindicated by the Mary Jo White investigation. It's possible. Don't know. So you, you don't know. So I, I think there's still a very high probability he's going to sell. But, you know, we've known about, you know, sort of the pettiness, the impulsiveness and the unpredictability. Um, so, cool. you know, that's the hard part with him. So I got like three things on that one. One thing that somebody else pointed out to me the other day is, you know, you, do, you don't know what he's always thinking because when and, and he can keep things quiet. When he went out and got Gibbs, nobody knew. Right. When he went and got Rivera, nobody knew until the end that he was really the target. And it was really the only target. And like, I know like Rivera, they, like, if I remember right, they flew him to the Bahamas to meet to, yeah. put, to keep people off the trail. So he's very good at that. Then the other part is the ego aspect. And that's true for Snyder. And it's true for Bezos, because will Bezos put in a bid if he doesn't think he's got a chance at it? Because neither side wants to look like they lost something. So like, that's something that I, I wonder about a little bit too. And the Mary Joe White thing hangs over. And then the last thing is... Again, I brought up the limited partnership sale. Like if he owned 51% and other people owed 49. But I ran that by someone like, don't forget, like the owners then would have to approve exactly. those partners. That's where you say, that's where they could take control. And I do think it's like you said, with the don't don't rile him up. I think that's the tack that the other owners seem to be taking publicly. Yes. Like, don't rile him up. Let him go. Yeah. Just don't 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 piss them that's off. That's why I think they're kind of sitting a little bit on this Mary Jo White investigation, you know, and it's like, let's not, you know, create headlines around him in a negative way or in a way that makes him feel somehow like less of an awful person in his own eyes. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and let's just, you know, let's hope he does what Jerry Richardson does. He voluntary yeah. vol voluntarily sells the team. I think the other. um you know, the other possibility that people have talked about that I also think that the new owner needs to be careful with is taking a controlling stake, but not but not a 100 percent equity stake. So purchasing, let's just call it 70 percent of the team at a six billion dollar valuation. So they're going to pay four point two billion. And Snyder keeps 30 percent of it in the trust because there's a tax benefit to do that for his, you know, in his kids names knowing that the value of these franchises, you know, they keep going up. So that 30% is going to be worth a lot more down the road. But I, and, and by the way, for the new uh, prospective owner, they'd have more, you know, sort of dry powder to build the stadium with because they're not out of pocket seven, six billion, but it's for, you know, closer to four. And by the way, they're allowed to borrow up to a billion dollars from the league for this thing. Um, but I don't think that Snyder being involved as a minority shareholder is a good thing. I think that the perception of it wouldn't be great. And yeah. the new owner is going to have to understand that a complete separation, that him involved in any way, shape, or form is a real non-starter for most people. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the other part is, what if you keep him as a limited partner and then they put out this investigation report? Yeah. It's not good. You don't yeah. want that attached to you. I think you're sure. right. You need a clean break. Last thing, last topic here, then if they get that clean break, what happens to this fan base? Is this, because one thing is, is this a sleeping giant of a fan base again? I mean, how much will that awaken everybody, do you think? You and I have talked about this before, you know, off the air. Yeah. And I think we're in agreement on this. Five years ago, all that needed to happen was Snyder needed to be gone. 
three years ago, all that needed to happen. Snyder's gone and everybody's coming back. But a lot's changed over the last three years. It's still the single biggest problem for the organization. You know, you and I both talked to people. They, it's the number one pushback from everybody, season tickets, sponsorships, everybody. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in as long as he owns the team. It's still number one. But we have the other issue, which is in the last couple of years, especially in the last year, it feels like it's different now. It feels for a lot of people of a certain age that it's not their team anymore, with or without Snyder. It feels like an expansion team landed in the city last February, you know, 2022. New name, new branding. You know, that's the other thing. The new owner, as I mentioned, isn't buying the Redskins. He's buying a new thing altogether. He's buying an NFL team in a very desirable market, but he's not buying an 83-year-old brand with a built-in passionate customer base or one that'll jump back in in mass. I still think Snyder going is the number one, you know, uh, floodgate opener um, to people coming back. But there are some people I know that have moved on for good, you know, uh, and I think, you know, it's the name, it's the wearing down uh, after all these years of being less interested because of the losing and because of the embarrassment. Um, but it, it, you don't have a chance with him here. You've got a much better chance with him out with, without him here. Right. And Kevin, I appreciate your time. And my last thing is I do think, I do think it ends up selling, and I, I also think that a lot of fans would come back. And I think what they have to do is give them a reason to come back. Then then it becomes what 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 I what you what anybody would want to see is it's about the product and the field that brings you back and not all the other stuff that's been going on over the years. If you do that, test out their belief that they wouldn't come back because now you're giving a reason like you're making it harder for them to stay away if you actually win. So Kevin, Dan I appreciate gone, good product, downtown stadium, pull this one year branding, start anew. And you got yourself a really good chance in a great market. There, you go. I agree with it, Kevin. You can check him out on ESPN, not ESPN 90, just on 980. And also check out his podcast. Kevin, thanks a lot for coming on. John, my pleasure always. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Kevin for joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back on Thursday night, Friday, with another podcast. Hopefully talking about the end of this offensive coordinator search. If not, we'll be talking about something else. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.